Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Isikos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Manos Driakis, we're more than happy to have Dr. Michael Held from the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of Cape Town in South Africa with us today. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published article titled Inclusion of Open Injuries in an Updated Chain Classification of Knee Dislocations Based on a Global Delphi Consensus Study in the Journal of Isikos. Hello, Michael, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. Before we start, maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific background. Andreas, how are you? Thanks very much for having me. And um, I want to first, um, firstly, just also congratulate you on, on your great work with this podcast. And um, I'm really impressed by, you know, your, your, your various um, topics that you always discuss so insightful as a shoulder surgeon it's not easy to speak to a knee surgeon sometimes uh, but it's a great privilege to be part of this podcast and also part of Isokos through our article uh, I'm originally from Germany I studied in Heidelberg I'm actually from Munich so very close to your hometown um, I studied in Heidelberg and uh, I worked with a shoulder surgeon in Heidelberg Prof. Habermeyer and um, a year down the line, I asked him if I could maybe go to South Africa for three months where I met my wife and now we've got four kids and I basically stayed on in, in South Africa. And um, I met a couple of good knee surgeons there, um, Dr. von Bormann, who's my mentor, and also Dr. Spike Erasmus and um, Prof. Willem van der Meer, who is now the president of Isakos. It's a nice... Um, kind of group of knee surgeons in, 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 in Cape Town at the moment. And, and it's just nice to be part of that group and, and, and you know, wrap shoulders with them. Um, and in Cape Town, I basically took over the shoulder unit in the University of Cape Town at Krutiske Hospital from uh, Dr. Van Bormen. And I kind of um, hear my kind of my, the, the, the trauma um, burden is quite high on this hospital. So our volume of, of, of trauma surgery um, and, and especially in, around the knee and, and multi-ligament knee injuries is quite high and that's where my special interest in clinical and academic um, interest um, around that area is, um, is based. Scientifically, you know, we focus in Cape Town, we, we focus on smaller topics, uh, on pathologies that we see in Cape Town that usually are not as common in, in, in Europe or in the States, and we try, try to find solutions for them. So some of them might not necessarily be of huge interest or focus in, in, in other parts of the world, but in terms of my scientific focus, I, I enjoy kind of a, a, a large variety of things. So I'm not a, a, a very focused um, researcher or, or, or scientist. So we, we, we look at gunshot injuries, we look at tuberculosis, and we look at various trauma topics mainly. And um, the, you, the focus around the knee dislocation really crystallized also when, when I actually went to the States and met um, Dr. Skenk and Washer and, and also his, their junior partner, Dr. Richter, during, during my ABC fellowship there. And they hosted us in their homes and we chatted about, you know, knee dislocations. And that's basically how I got, we, how we got the idea of finding out what, you know, a classification system should look like. Great. Very interesting. So 
the Schenk classification, from my point of view, is the classification system for knee dislocations. Are there any other classification systems? And if so, can you briefly describe them and their differences? You know, the, the Schenk system has survived time and has survived also various treatment approaches and it, mainly also because it's a very simple classification system, but also because some adaptations were made to satisfy most clinicians and, and, and researchers. There are other classification systems that talk about position of the, of the distal part of the limb or about the energy that goes through the limb, but um, those are not very um, useful when, when guiding management and um, you know, trying to figure out what to do with with that certain with a specific patient or specific injury, they kind of just um, tell you a little bit about the the limb or the injury, but they don't really help you with with your surgery. There's some newer classification systems people are trying to establish and, and formulate at the moment. There's a, um, a interesting project from Chris Harness Group at the moment, who's also part of this. Um, this publication that, that we're discussing now, and he they they use Miller maps to further subclassify or describe certain classes of the scan classification, which helps the, which helps with or guide management a little bit more. And there's a, a professor in Professor Lee from West China Hospital who is really basically subclassified every single injury around the knee, associated injuries around the knee, that gives you a wide range of, um, of possibilities of a, of a knee injury. It's very complex. So in essence, if you want to have something easy, you'll lose information. And if you want to have a lot of information in detail, it'll become quite complex. So I think at the moment, the scan classification is the best we have. This, uh, um let me to my next question. So you also wrote many classification systems still lack specificity and consistency to guide clinical decision-making among surgeons. So does the new or the modified chain classification give any help to decide about the treatment now? You know, the, the, I think the modified scan that we've proposed now is pretty much the, the classic scan classification, except that there's an additional modifier on it. But the, the, the whole point of this classification is it does give you a good overview of an important aspects around the knee, especially the ligamentous injuries around the knee. Um, it does include now neurovascular injuries, it includes open injuries. And, but speaking to Dr. Skenk and, and, and Dr. Washer about their classification, they actually, they want you to still assess dynamically, assess the knee and understand what within each of the classes what the grading is of the various lig ligament injuries so they want you to um, take the patient before before surgery um, and do stress um, stress tests or straight even stress radiographs to really understand the ligamentous injury and also understand the rotation and stability of the knee um, there are some other factors in the classification for example um, the fracture the, the, the fracture dislocation, which is the, basically the, the KD5 in, in, in their classification. That is not very well defined yet. 
um, we don't really know exactly and we can't really put a finger on what is a fracture dislocation of the knee. So we're still with the multiligament knee study group around Mike Medvecchi or Medvecchi and, and, and Dustin Richter from the University of New Mexico and University of, of Yale. We are having discussions and consensus meetings at the moment that are crystallizing um, or trying to define the fracture dislocation section of their classification. So in that, by the way, we realized that, that dislocations with um, extensive mechanism disruptions are a completely different uh, group of, of, of injuries that um, change management, change timing, change the approach, change even graft harvesting and should be looked at um, separately. So this classification is good for a start. It's good and it helps us to guide treatment. It, it basically points us in the right direction, but a lot of the steps need to be walked with the patient with an individual approach. And, and, and so the, it, it can't give you a perfect answer. It basically moves your head into the right direction, but you still have to um, think a lot more and figure out a lot more based on what the um, about what the actual injuries of that specific patient's um, uh, knee are. Great, and uh, because we also have a lot of young uh, surgeons listening to our podcast, I always try to implement uh, a question for them. So the question would be for our young knee surgeons, how would you assess a knee dislocation in your clinic, especially in South Africa? And what would be your clinical workflow? Um, that's a very good question. Basically, in an acute setting, um, the most important thing is really to understand the entire trauma load of the patient. Make sure that uh, the patient is stable before you assess the knee. Sometimes we just want to rush and jump on, on, onto assessing the ligaments, but it's important to understand the entire um, injury load of the patient. Um, specifically in the limb, it's key to figure out whether the limb is perfused or not. So to to feel the pulses and to basically see if this limb is, um, is threatened or not in terms of its vascularity. And, and so a good neurological and vascular exam are key before you assess the knee. Around the knee, it's important really, especially in your first, in your, in your um, initial examination, important to realize that the knee is reduced and if not to, to basically reduce the knee and um, ensure that it's stabilized adequately and then um, allow enough time to understand what the soft tissue looks like and and to be able to treat the soft tissue around the knee adequately so looking for wounds or bruising um, is very very important it also has a huge part in the overall assessment of the ligaments not just the skin and then <clears throat> Moving on to special investigations, we still in, in, in Cape Town, we still do a CT guided or C, CT angiographies um, to exclude neurovascular injuries because our ward system is not great for continuous um, assessment of, of vascular, um, of the vascular status of the limb. So we basically rule out before the patient goes to the ward, we rule out vascular injuries. Um, in other places, this is done. Uh, the gold standard is serial anchor brachial uh, indices as, as an examination, and and they only go to a CT guided or CT angiography um, once there is a, a pulse deficit. 
the x-ray is such a simple tool but it's such a key um, um, investigation in as a next step because it, it gives you chances it gives you the chance to exclude fractures but also especially with stress radiographs it gives you a very good um, a um, dynamic assessment of the limb and especially in areas where an MRI scan is difficult to get it really helps you to um, to op objectively understand the injury not just you know by feeling the ligaments uh, instability or, or laxity so stress radiographs are a, a, a key um, investigation in our in our practice it's often quite painful so it, it, it it's best done whilst the patient is under under um, anesthesia just before surgery and then obviously an MRI scan is the gold standard in these injuries and that really looks at the actual ligamentous injury and defines uh, you know the, the kind of the damage um, based on, on on signal that you see but it's not really a dynamic um, examination that that um, allows you to understand the laxity it just shows you the damage but I mean that's basically in, in, a, in a nutshell make sure your priorities are right look at the patient first then look at the limb make sure the limb is perfused then look at the skin make sure that the knee um, uh, the soft tissue around the knee is intact afterwards ensure that there's no fractures around that area and then lastly you know before, after all of that is done you can kind of hone in on the ligament um, injury and, and define it better perfect thank you michael this is uh, very interesting and i think we have different approaches in, in every part of, of the world. So, uh, Michael, thank you for joining our podcast and uh, for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back uh, with your next publication in the Journal of Isakos. Yeah, thanks, Andreas. And I hope to have you soon uh, for a visit to Cape Town. Make sure we, we can uh, discuss this in person and not just over, over podcast. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.